Welcome to Navigating the Modern World. I am your host, Kimberly Johnson. I am a life coach and a sex coach. This podcast was made for you, for you to get the most out of your life. We as human beings are made to win. This podcast offers a perspective in life that has you win, no matter what the challenge or outer circumstances you find yourself in. If you want to learn more about my work, you can go to KimberlyCoaching.com. Hello and welcome to episode 91 of Navigating the Modern World. I am so excited about today's episode because today's episode is coming to you from a place of newly processing. Some of you might be listening going, which episode of yours is never that? (laughs) Um, But... I am in this deep processing around some of the work that I've been doing, and I wanted to bring it to the podcast. So on Friday night, I did my very first meditation at the Women's Correctional Facility here in Denver. And it's the only lockdown prison in the state of Colorado, which means that people with the longest sentences are sent there. So it's a pretty large facility. Um, There are different wings based on how long the women have been there or the type of crime or type of situation that put them into the prison. And, um, And so I got this really amazing opportunity to bring meditation to this community of people. And I wanted to bring to you what's coming up around my time spent in this prison. Um, So the first thing that I want to talk about is our biases against people. So it's very, very easy to see someone and to have either conscious bias of like a homeless person per se, of like having ideas or thoughts or beliefs or judgments about that person. So you might know those judgments or you might know those biases. Um, And then there's the subconscious, which is um, kind of these biases that we have that we may not be fully sure that we have them. And I want to share this because I think it's so important to really begin looking at our biases and and to begin just being able to be honest about our biases. So before going into the women's correctional facility, I felt a level of nervousness because I had had I had heard some stories from the pastor that just sometimes, you know, the women like to be a little wild or a little kind of outspoken because this is a safe place where they can kind of be that way. And so she was just, you know, kind of warning me about that. She also was kind of warning me about some of the things I would see once I got in there. And I had a nervousness inside me. Um... 
I think it's a nervousness of the unknown, but also a nervousness of my own bias of people who go to prison. And I've been really called to this community for a long, long time. And I, that's the second layer of what I want to talk about is this ability to walk our talk. So to talk about something is very different than walking. And I have in my life a lot of times done a lot of talk. Um, I talk a lot about the homeless community. I talk a lot about um, the prison system. And it's been harder for me to walk my talk. And Friday was a huge lesson for me about the fear that stops me that is not real fear. And that the thoughts that we have that arise, how important it is to question those thoughts, to actually dig deep and question the thoughts that we're having, to see if there's actual truth there, or if it's just a fear or a judgment arising that's stopping us, that has no basis in reality. And... Um, so to go back to the story, so I was having some nervousness about showing up at the women's correctional facility and and even right before I was, you know, I was definitely feeling body sensations and having thoughts that anyone else in the free world would, would um, determine as nervousness um, or fear or excitement, some version of that. I think all three of those things kind of show up similarly in the mind and body, but um, and so I was having these things come up of like, what am I going to do if something happens or, um, how can I be myself with these women without placing judgment? Like, how can I, uh, be humbled by them? How can I do more listening than speaking? Like all of these things are going through my head. And so I get there and first off, it was very different than, I thought it would be. I'm not really sure exactly um, what I was expecting, but it was just kind of a sterile environment. It's kind of sterile. There's not much happening. Um, but actually, where where we did the... So there was like my meditation, and then we did a church service. And where we actually did that looked a lot like the cafeteria of the elementary school that I went to. Um, there were vending machines. Um, there were tables with the same like black chairs like it was very almost reminiscent of my time in grade school and so that I found to be very very interesting um, and like there's a piano in the corner like it was very very reminiscent of my childhood and that I found to be really fascinating because I've been f feeling this call to go and do this work and to have such familiarity the second I walk in is a very interesting experience. And then I started meeting these women. And I am not even really quite sure what to say except for how touched I was by them, how moved. I was by them. How moved I was by their honesty and vulnerability from the beginning, them not knowing me, 
but really them having no facade, them just being fully themselves. And also the level of joy that they had. And granted, I want to speak to that this might be a time when they get to really be joyful because going to their church service might be a time when they feel a lot more joy. And also camaraderie and and companionship and community. Like these women were going up to each other and talking and and. Um, you know, they're not allowed to hug. So if there, when there wasn't a police officer in the room, there was lots of like hugging and embracing and then um, sweet, you know, just sweetness, like, hi, how are you? Hi, I've missed you. Um, your hair looks amazing. Like who did your hair? Like all these things like that I was hearing coming out of their mouth. And, and, um, and then a few of them, including me, like including me into their conversation, welcoming me, bringing me into the conversation, wanting to know about me, wanting to know about my life, wanting to know why I wanted to come and do this work. And, and then them sharing with me their life, um, what put them into prison, um, what, you know, what they're working on in their personal life, what they're, what they're impassioned by, what, what, you know, what they see in these prison walls and what they fear about leaving these prison walls, like all the things. And I, I had this interaction with this woman who ended up being my same age. And she had been in the prison quite a few years. And, and I automatically, upon seeing her face, meeting her, seeing her smile, was like, that is me. Like, automatic heart connection um she looked very you know i'm using air quotes like normal civilian um she you know talked to me normal she was very bright she was um funny she was loving she had like the purest eyes and and i just automatically connected to her and inside of that connection, you know, I heard about her story and, and I really got clear. And this woman is in prison for a long time. Um, I think they said that they just cut her, like they just cut her time down in half, but it's still like 20 years, you know, it's, it's a long time. And she just, she showed me in our time together how we truly are not different and how I am just one step away, you know, from being where she is. And, and her sharing was so real and vulnerable that I got so connected to the truth about humanity and the truth about reality, which is we all are on the verge of destruction. I mean, you get into a car accident and the person is killed and you could be tried for manslaughter. You know, that's the reality. You could get in your car, you could drive down the street, you know, you could be on your cell phone and if you if you answer your cell phone at the right minute and you slam into someone and they die, like you could be charged with their murder. 
And it's little things that I think about that we are not connected to. We live as if they are them, the people in prison, the people at this place, and I am me. That wouldn't happen to me. That's not my life. And I don't think we're living in reality. I think we're living in this my life over here and them over there and we keep this separation and going there and walking my talk I no longer could hide from the reality that they are me that their stories are no different than mine that their challenges may have been different but their stories aren't any different like we all have gone through really hard, painful, challenging things. We all have made mistakes. We all have messed up in some way or another. We all on the daily do unconscious things like driving and texting. We all have anger arise in us that we don't really know what to do with. We all at times have a hard time saying no. And then we have to live with that we said yes, and then we ended up in this situation. We all at time feel peer pressured. We all at time get caught up in relationships that aren't the best for us. Like all of us, every single one of us in humanity, this is the reality. We all abuse substance sometime to make ourselves feel better. Like let's start being honest. There's nothing different between them and me. And I really saw it, like, with my own eyes and got to, you know, touch their hands and say thank you, like, thank you for letting me come here. Thank you for being open to me. Thank you for welcoming me here. And I got so clear that these women, you know, being inside these walls they don't get much access to people on the outside so they're all kind of in this like like pool that they're all kind of swimming with the same people you know for years and years and years of their life and what i got clear about is that i get to go in there and i get to share one my gifts with them which is like such an honor and such a gift but two, I get to just spend time with them. Like, I get to give them access to somebody who's not bitter or hates the system or hates life every day or doesn't experience the feeling of, you know, hope that there's a different way or... Like, they get access to someone who just has a different perspective. And I, I think about this so much with my own life, how I want to surround myself with people with different perspectives. I don't actually need a cesspool of everyone that has my same perspective. That doesn't allow me growth, and that doesn't off, you know, give me the space to help grow others. Like, I want to dive into communities and groups of people where I may not understand their life or their life choices, or I, or I may... Um, you know, think that they're rough around the edges or I may disagree with some of their beliefs. Like those are the people I want to go and be with because they teach me about true oneness. They take the idea of oneness 
this idea, this conceptual idea that I that I feel like I know is true. Like I know that every single human I walk and come across is me. Like I can I can conceptualize it. I can you know even like make it logical in my mind. Like you know we're all made of the same things, and like I can see myself in people as I walk down the street. And if I talk to anyone, I pretty much can be humbled by their story or their life. And but you know to conceptualize it, to have it in my mind is very different than to get it. Like, to look at a woman who's been in prison for years and she shares her story and you you know deep in your soul that you are just as close to her fate as she has come. And to see yourself so perfectly in her eyes and to be able to reflect back her you know, as you stare at her and you're, you can like just reflect back at the beauty that she is. That is the work that I want to be doing. And there's this really beautiful thing that happened. And um, the beautiful thing is, is that in prison you get you get told I have an order for you like you that's how you communicate is you say I have an order for you and then the person is supposed to do that order and the pastor she she started ordering these women and what she did is she said hey I have an order for all of you and she went around and she ordered them one she was like I order you to not give tonight take take from us. You need to take right now. You've been giving so much. Take, take from us. And then she looked at another woman. She said, I order you to believe in yourself, to know your talent, to know your worth. And then she continued. She went around this circle and she ordered these women. And I was so deeply moved that this is the work that could be done here, that we could walk around the planet, not just in a facility like that, but we could walk around the planet and we could tell people the truth about them. And that that's maybe our jobs, is to tell people you're worthy, you're beautiful. Like, like really tell them from this place of your spirit and soul. Like, and, and that... We could listen to other people, no matter what their background, no matter what their, the color of their skin, no matter what their religion, no matter what their life circumstance. That we could actually listen to them and we could find ourselves in them. And that we could humble ourselves by expanding who we're in touch with, by expanding the people that we listen to and surround ourselves by. This idea, um, Brene Brown says this, and oh man, in one of her podcast interviews, I forget who she was interviewing with, but she said, you know, the thing actually in common, like there's this idea of like surround yourself by like the five people in your life that like, you know, are the most encouraging and, and there's like, you know, there's like some beauty in that, like to think about that, like, yeah, like people that are like me, people that will encourage me, people that, you know, they believe in what I'm doing. And she said that actually, that that theory, those groups of people, like who you surround yourself by, who you are most like, that actually the one thing you might have in common is who you hate. 
who you deny as worthy. And that by being around people who think differently than you or who have different life experiences than you is actually what the country, what the world needs. Because we need to open up more to people who are different than us. We need to stop closing our walls and closing our communities to making them smaller and smaller. And we need to start expanding them to expand, to hold all beings, everyone. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you look like. But actually to hold everyone. I don't care who you want to sleep with. That that's our job. Is to expand, not contract. To learn to hold everything and everyone, not exclude certain people. And yesterday I was listening to this beautiful podcast by Krista Tippett. And um, the podcast was this woman, this professor at Harvard, and she created the implicit bias-like questionnaire. And you could you can go to, I think it's like um, implicit bias harvard at edu or something you can google it it's really easy to find and um she was sharing about her research and she was sharing about her life experience and what kind of brought her to this research and she was explaining some things in this podcast about how to reduce your biases and she said a few things like um you know like being really conscious of like the TV you're watching, the things you're putting into your system, the things you're putting into your body, which I think is like very valid. Um, She also shared like you can do something simple, like you can put like on your, if you know that you have a bias against a certain racial group, or if you know you have a bias against a certain sexual orientation group, or if you have a bias against a person, like maybe someone in your family, um, that actually what you can do is you, like you can do simple things like, on the background of your computer screen, you can have like the screensaver be pictures of them or be pictures of those groups of people or be pictures of, um, you know, two men kissing if that's your, that's where you feel your biases or whatever. And you can actually, the more exposure you get to it, the more the brain um, evolves and kind of releases that bias. And the more contact you have with the people that you think you are biased against is actually what reduces your bias. And I so got it when I went into the women's correctional facility and was like with these women of like, yes, this is the way. You know, it doesn't surprise me that Jesus and the Buddha, these people that they went or Mother Teresa, whoever you want, that they went and they were with, you know, the people that other people didn't want to be with. They were with the prostitutes, the the liars, the the thieves, the you know the people that have leprosy. They were with the really really sick and dying. Like they went to the people that most people are almost pushing away, or creating boxes around, or creating ideas and stories around because they, I think, you know, in my in my heart, are doing exactly what this this pastor is doing. You know, they are giving orders to the people that actually don't believe that they're worthy and good enough because of their life circumstance or something they've done. And they're ordering them to believe in themselves and to know that they are loved. And they went to them to say, no, you are worthy too. You are worthy of being in the company of me. And I think about 
Like, what if we could all open our open ourselves up to that? And what if we could all, you know, if we feel called to be with a certain community of people, what if we could all begin walking our talk a little bit more and actually going and being with those people? And, and knowing that we're going to have fear because it's scary to do something new. But really go and be with those people because there's something that they're there to, they're there to teach you. You wouldn't be having that calling if it wasn't so. And in doing that, knowing that you yourself are actually unpacking, like you're unpacking this bigger thing going on in the world. And that's our job is to unpack the things in ourselves. So notice where we have our own bias, which if you do the Harvard um, bias test, it's super fascinating. It like kind of, you know, shows you where some of your biases are. But um, but if you know where some of your biases are, like go like intentionally, intentionally know that that's what the world needs. The world doesn't actually need us to get more clicky in smaller groups of people who think they're better than everyone. That's actually not what the world needs. If you look around, you might actually see that. It's not what the world needs. The world needs for us to expand, to be more accepting, to want to learn from others, to really, as my friend put it this morning, stay unsafe. We actually need to be more comfortable with being unsafe. We need to get out of our comfort zone, be willing to feel uncomfortable. By unsafe, I mean feeling uncomfortable. By, by unsafe, I mean not staying within our confounds of safety, quote-unquote safety, and really putting ourselves out there to learn and grow and develop as human beings. And... That, I believe, is our maybe one and only job here. Is to reduce separation and to give love fiercely. To give love fiercely. And the way that we can do that is by talking to other people, learning about other people. When we begin to see that people aren't actually different than us, it's hard not to love everyone. It's hard not to feel a connection with everyone. It's hard not to begin breaking down the fears and the lies you tell yourself about other people when you go spend time with those people. And there's a beautiful, uh, is it a movie about um, this black gentleman that goes, and he goes and he hangs out with the KKK. Oh, I don't remember um, what it is at this moment, but I guarantee you if you like Google that, you'll find it. But um, And he actually transformed these people of the KKK that he began hanging out with. He was determined. He wanted to know why. And, and through doing that, through him going and being with them, Everyone involved was transformed. And that's what we're here to do. And I know that it's scary, you know. Um, I know that it's scary, but I want you to, to really look at where is that fear coming from? Is it coming from the place inside you that wants to stay safe and live this really comfortable life? And, and you know, is it, is it coming from the part of you that likes to talk a lot, but not that, that doesn't like to walk your talk? 
Like where, where is the fear coming from? And is the fear just like random thoughts that aren't true? Like really getting clear about what's really going on because we need more people to be stepping out, doing these things that are uncomfortable for them. It's vital for our society's growth. It's vital for the growth of the world. It's vital, 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 vital. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to stay safe. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with having biases. There's nothing wrong with any of these things, except for that we can see that it's causing the state of the world. And we, every day we get up, we just get to choose which world are we going to buy into? Are we going to stay safe and continue the world as it is? Or are we going to stretch ourselves and get curious and question our thoughts and question our own biases and and question why we're not doing the things we're called to do is that fear valid like all the things like really moving toward growth moving toward you know the prayer and the hope that the world can be a better place and not as in a better place of like anything's wrong because the world just is how it is and what a beautiful world if people weren't being killed for the color of their skin or what a beautiful world if people really did feel safe anywhere they went and what a beautiful world if you know we could see people's actions as not their lifetime sentence of their character but like really beginning to see people as people and knowing that every human you included me included make mistakes and do things that are going to harm others we all have done something that harms others and if you're in denial about that i really i really suggest you look at that for yourself if you think i have never harmed another i would never do anything harmful i really suggest you look at that because it's not true Every day we do things that harm creatures, that harm other people, and and we don't even mean to. There's nothing wrong or bad about it except for that we can become more and more conscious of those things and learn to soften to them and learn to not do those actions that are harmful and to learn how to be in skillful action in the world instead of, you know, angry reaction or fearful reaction like we can really learn and it, it has to start here it has to start in your own heart and so I just want to suggest you listen and that you take chances and you go out and you do the things you're called to do and and you really the next time you feel like you have a judgment about someone that you go up to them and you ask them about their life and you learn and you begin to maybe try to see what's underneath Maybe they're the ways that they show up in the world. Like, is it fear making them be this way? Is it like, what has them being this way? What has them making those action steps that I don't understand? And really try to put yourself in their shoes for just a moment. Because what will happen is you, you can't help but be completely changed, completely moved by other people completely humbled that they too are hiding behind fears of inadequacy or fears of rejection or fears of, you know, their own life being harmed. And 
I just want to leave you, I think, with that. And I hope this podcast was helpful for whoever needed it. I am beyond grateful for anyone who listens to this podcast. And if you get anything from this podcast, please go over to the iTunes on your computer and rate and review and know that you are so loved. And I order all of you to believe in yourself, to know your worth, to know you're worthy, and to know that you are so seen and heard by me and by others. Thank you.